your unction upon my life. I ask that your hand will rest upon me as I share your word. Speak through me, Lord, and bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So, this is a month of spiritual formation. And tonight, I'm starting a series um, titled Spiritually Healthy Prescriptions for a Healthy Christian Living. And the series will be divided into two sessions. The first session I'll be talking on the seven common diseases affecting many Christians. And I'll do this in two parts. And then the second session, I will do the, um, the prescriptions for healthy Christian living. Because I believe that we need to diagnose um, the sickness before we do the prescriptions. Before we prescribe the medicine. Amen. So, our introductory scripture for tonight is Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Um, you all know that whatever you can do in life, whatever you can achieve in life, your performance in life is determined by your strength. By your strength. If you, you are, if you are perform, if you are sick, you can perform. No matter how brilliant you are, no matter how good you are at your work, if you are sick, you cannot perform. You need to be strong to be able to perform, and that is how it is in the Christian race. You have to be strong in the Lord to be able to perform as a Christian. What makes one weak is sickness. When you are sick. You become weak. The devil's number one target is to make you weak so that you can perform um, in the Lord. You can't be strong in the Lord to perform. So my duty tonight is to show you how you can avoid these spiritual diseases and sicknesses that will make you weak so that you can perform for the Lord. So they are basically... In, in life, to have a healthy life, you eat well, you exercise well, you rest well. The doctors are here, they can uh, attest to this. Eat well, rest well, exercise well. It is also like that in the Bible. It is also like that, no, you spiritually, in our spiritual life, we must eat well. Eating well is sound doctrine. Hearing properly preach sermons and then also studying the bible properly and that is feeding your spirit well exercising in the spirit is prayer and resting is creating the presence of god resting well eating well um exercising well will make you healthy and will let you live long are you here with me do you agree with me and if, the de if, if you don't exercise well, you don't eat well, you eat late at night, you eat carbohydrates, etc., etc., very soon you will die. You will become weak, you will fall sick, and you will die. Most people die from lifestyle diseases. And in our Christian life also, we also die from lifestyle diseases in the realms of the spirit. And I'm going to show you a few of the lifestyle diseases that you can suffer from in in the realms of the spirit so the first sickness i want to talk about tonight i'm going to speak on two of this 
um, common diseases affecting believers and Christians, the, the number one disease affecting many Christians is what we call spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness. Now, First Peter chapter 5 and the verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the key word here is alertness, alertness, alertness. Being spiritually alert because you have an enemy who is prowling around, moving around, looking for you to devour. And the word alert means quick to notice any unusual and potentially dangerous or difficult circumstances. So there are dangers around us as Christians. Every day, all the time, there are dangers around us. We have to be alert. We have to be very alert. We have to, our, our spiritual eyes will have to be opened. The devil has set traps for us. The devil has done a lot of things to cause us to fall from our Christian life. But we have to be spiritually alert to be able to see these things. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians are blinded. So they don't see the prince of this world has blinded their eyes. So the operations of the devil, they don't even notice it. So my duty tonight is to show you how you can, you can get your eyes opened. How God can supernaturally open your eyes so that you can see. Are, are you here with me? The devil is fighting. The devil is even planting people in your life to destroy you. You have to be spiritually alert to see that this person is a, a demonic planting. The devil is setting trials for you and other things. And as a believer, you need to be able to have your eyes opened to see these things. And I want to share a very classical story of how blind sometimes we can be that we have to see by, beyond the physical as Christians to be able to become successful in our Christian life. We have to see beyond the physical. So 2 Kings 6, the verses um, 16. No, it's starting from the verse 8 actually. Starting from the verse 8 to 17. Now the king of Aram, so there was a king of Aram, was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set camp in my I will set up camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel would check. On the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel? 
tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Hey, may the Lord give us prophetic insight. So that those who are planning against us, even in their bedrooms, we will know what they are doing. I say, may the Lord give you prophetic insight. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. One man, one man. And a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servants of the man of God got up and went out early the next, the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Oh, I love this one. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Because what he was seeing was not supposed to be what he should be seeing. See, to walk with a man of God, you must see beyond the physical. You must see the spiritual. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Can I give you an advice? If you are associated, if you are you associate with a man of God, or you are close to a man of God, be very careful because, because spiritual blindness can cause you to misbehave around a man of God. Because what we see, you don't see. Are you here? What we see, we don't see. So our attitude is different. The way we act towards some things, the way we respond towards some things is different. I mean, if you are with your prophet and in the morning you are surrounded by soldiers and your prophet sits down unconcerned, you would think he doesn't care about your life. Ah, this month we are surrounded and you don't care. You could tell what was happening in the bedroom of the king of Aram. How come you didn't see that this army was coming after us? But see, the man of God was seeing something his servant was not seeing. Oh, may you not be like that servant. Now, we are, we are, most Christians, we are like the servant. We don't see beyond the physical. We, we don't see beyond the physical. And I've been trying to explain to you that the Christian life is a spiritual life. And whatever is happening, we must see the spirit behind it. Now, okay, so whatever is happening in your life, you must also see what God is doing behind the scene. You may be surrounded by enemies, but beyond the enemies, what is God doing? Your eyes must open for you to see. You may be surrounded by problems. But is God working behind the scenes? You need a spiritual eye to see it. Or else you will panic and you will make decisions and it will come back to haunt you. So see, he was with the man of God but he was blind. He didn't see the things the man of God was seeing. 
So God, the man of God prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And then the Lord opened his eyes and he saw that there were, there were chariots of fire. <laughs> it, was, it was full of horses and chariots of fire. All around Elisha. All around Elisha. So, so the, the servant of God <laughs> was seeing the soldiers of, from Aram. But around Elisha, around Elisha, were chariots and horses of chariots of fire and horses. What is around us as men of God, God has to open your eyes to see. We are dangerous, though. We are dangerous. Because we are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone. We are dangerous people. We are not alone. Are you here? Now, if, if you go on to read the story, you will see that because these men came after Elisha, they had to battle with what was around Elisha. They all became blind. You know, you have to see, you have to have a spiritual eye to see what the Lord is doing in your life and around you before they can be effective. If Elisha has not seen the chariots of fire and the horses, the, the army of Aram would have captured him. But because he saw them, it worked for him. May God open your eyes. I said, may God open your eyes. The same way Elisha prayed for the servant, I'm praying for you. May the Lord open your eyes. See all the divine protections and all the things that God is doing in your life and God has planned for you. May God open your eyes to see that company, to see that, those babies, to see that promotion, to see that breakthrough. May the Lord open your eyes to see your future. Sometimes you see too much of the problem, but before every problem comes in, God has already provided a solution. It is for God to open your eyes to see. If God does not open your eyes, you will not see it. So you have to pray for the opening of the eyes. I want to show another, another, another example. Genesis 21, 14 to 19. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. Now, you know this very well. How, how I've survived my journey without running out of water and food. How I've survived my journey. As, as a young pastor, God showed me this. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with a boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Bathsheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. The Lord told me something. He said, no matter who gives you water, this one was Abraham. So every human water will one day get finished in your journey. He said, don't depend on human water. Depend on the Holy Ghost. Are you here? It got finished. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away. For, she's, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying. 
And the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not, do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and saw a well of water. She went and filled with the skin with what she wanted to fill the skin with water and give the boy a drink. So, so where what she was lacking was actually around her. It has to take God to open her eyes. I said, Christians, we don't look at things with these eyes. That's what the Bible says. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Faith has a way in which it opens our eyes to see beyond the physical. To see beyond the physical. To see beyond the physical. I am never, I'm never limited by the, by the physical. I always see beyond the physical. God shows me things. Shows me the pictures of the future. Are, are you here with me? Hagar had thrown her child away to die. Because there was no water. But what she was looking for was around her. And the Bible said God opened her eyes and she saw the water around. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know that there's somebody's husband in this church? Yes. But if God does not open your eyes, you won't see. You will even despise the person and look down upon the person. Ah, there's a story. There's a story I heard. Is it one of the men of God who preached? It went, the lady went to the man of God, and the man of God prayed for the lady. I heard a story. It's a popular story. I've forgotten the entire story, but let me say what I remember. The lady was looking for a husband. Top lady in the bank looking for a husband. The man of God prayed for the lady. The man of God said, before the day ends, you will see your husband. Then the lady went home. The day was ending. No husband. Called the man of God. Man of God, the day is ending. I have not seen any husband. The man of God said, are you sure? He said, yes. Why are you? He said, I'm inside my room. He said, ah, if you're in your room, how can you see the, the man? Open your window and see. Open the window. He said, don't you see any man there? She said, I see a man. But it's my house boy. He said, huh? You, that is the man now. That is your husband standing there. That is your husband standing there. Inside that houseboy was a managing director. Inside that houseboy was a great person. So, so, are you here with me? Sometimes, sometimes, eh, what you are looking for will not come dressed in suit. I, I believe that some of you here, you will testify that when you saw your husbands, eh, you were disappointed. You were disappointed. Oh, I overheard mommy and her sister talking. I overheard mommy and her sister talking years ago. Years ago. Somebody has proposed to their sister. And the pastor said, Ah, oh, no, 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 I won't go for that. The mommy was advising the sister that, Hey, when this man came to my life, I'll ask God one question God, with all this service I've served you, that the only man you gave me. Oh, I had that conversation. Oh, I had it. I had it. I had that conversation. But I me, mean, I didn't care. I've already married you. 
if you have even regretted I'm, I'm married you but I knew who I was going to become also there was a bishop in me there was a bishop in me there was a bishop in Yofi it was that bishop she saw when others were discouraging her are you here? may the Lord open your eyes may, may, may any scales on your eyes fall and may the Lord open your eyes to see what God is bringing your way there's too much blindness in the body of Christ. Hey, I'm telling you, your destiny helper is sitting beside you. You'll not even notice it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll not even notice it. Your destiny helper. I met a lady who told me the person the lady married. You know the person the lady married? There was an argument at an airport. Over, over, they were waiting for um, this thing and the lady, the, the lady was sitting somewhere waiting for the aircraft the time to board the aircraft the lady got up to go and get something when she came back this man has sat there so i was sitting here look at my things or business class lounge then the man said there are other seats and they argued but they argued when they called for the sitting people to board guess what happened when they entered they were on the same seats the same area Then the woman was so angry. Look at you. You come to sit beside me. The woman was even looking for um, them to change the seat. Waiting for, if I get a friendly person, I'll change the seat. Unfortunately, they couldn't. And the flight was a long flight. So as they were going, they started talking. The man, when they were getting there, the man gave a card. She also gave a card. They were two big people. Finally, they started talking. The time they realized, they were married. Oh yeah, I'm telling you. Some of the things, you see, you need to have your eyes opened. When Abraham's water got finished, Hagar thought that was the only water. Because in the life of Hagar, it was only Abraham she has lived with. And had drank from the wells of Abraham all the time. But had not drank from the wells of God. She has not learned how to depend on God. So when she was left alone on the desert, and she could do nothing. She has not exercised. You see, Abraham by faith saw Isaac. You, you get it? Abraham by faith, when you go to the Bible, saw Isaac. We, we look at things through the lens of faith. Christians, we look at things through the lens of faith. If you don't have faith, you are blind. Sarah was blind. That was why Sarah forced Abraham and gave Abraham a wife. Right. Right. Abi, go and sleep with my house. Okay, you are Abi. <laughs> go and sleep with my maid and give me a, a child. Go and sleep with my maid and give me a child. But I know Abraham and his descendants, they, they like women. So even though Abraham saw Isaac ahead, Abraham felt that, okay, let me just while away the time. After all, um, Sarah was up, up, up over 80 years, seven. So let me just, so I get some small girl. Let me just, but I was still waiting for this Isaac to come. By faith, Abraham saw Isaac. Are you here? May God open your eyes to see. Okay, so now let me show you how to see, how to see, how how to six ways the New Testament Christian sees. Six ways the New Testament Christian sees. Six ways the New Testament Christian sees. And I want to take these things very seriously. 
Number one, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. First Corinthians 12, 8. Word of knowledge. The Bible talks about word of knowledge. It's the supernatural ability to see the happening of the past, the present, and the future. I've told you that the first day I saw mommy, I said, this is the wife. This is the girl I'm going to marry. I knew I've seen my wife. I knew I've seen my wife. I chased her for two years. And in chasing her, people say, why don't you get any? I said, no, no, I met a girl in the Bible school. God told me she's my wife. I saw it. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Are you here? Word of knowledge. There, there is nothing I do that God does not show me. Do this, I do it. Do that, I do it. It's called word of knowledge. The supernatural ability to see things in the realms of the spirit. See, I like how a prophet will come and say, I, I saw two years ago you had an accident. A year ago you were operated upon. You see, the prophet is seeing something through what we call word of knowledge. And it's a gift though. It's a spiritual gift. You can claim it. You can pray for it. You can ask God to give you so that you walk with God based on supernatural sightings. Not these physical things you physical things you see. You see a woman's bottles. You want to marry her. You see a woman's bottles. You want to marry her. No, 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 no. You see Bobby breasts. You want to marry her. You must see something beyond the physical. Because the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. So the things that the physical eyes sees, they are temporal. But the things that the spiritual eyes sees, they are eternal. And the spiritual eye is by faith. And one of the things I'm teaching you is what you must have word of knowledge. You must pray for it. Number two is discernment of spirits. First Corinthians 10, uh, 12, 10. Discernment of spirits. When a spirit is in operation, you should be able to see it. I told you as young believers, we used to go for an all night. And the all night was in a school called Christian Methodist. And, and this, b- behind where we're praying was the biggest gutter in Accra. The Salam Down gutter. It was an open drain. And it has a lot of mosquitoes. And these mosquitoes during the all night we invade. I mean, we wear three socks. The mosquitoes will bite you through the socks. They were like very muzzled mosquitoes. They will bite you through the socks. So we were there because we love the Lord. We were there because we love the Lord. We praying. We'll be praying. We'll be praying. Just just around 4 a.m. when the all night is closed. And usually we were only few, like six or ten or twelve young people. Just when the honor, you know, you are, you are doing an honor without instruments, you are only few people. It's a very difficult one. And we were, we had zeal. So, all night at 10 o'clock, we'll be there by 8. We start praying. Then, just when the all night is finishing, this sister will just enter into the spirit. And anytime the sister enters into the spirit, she'll be prophesying about us. It'll be saying negative things. My children, my children, you, you, you will go to hell. You, oh, he's saying things about us, and this is that we can be there for two hours. God is talking. How can you, how can you move? How can you stop it? We dead the mosquito. Everybody is listening to his prophetic instruction from this sister. So one day, a, a senior 
Christian in the area said, actually, one of your own nights, I'll go with you. I said, yeah, we have some this Friday. So the guy went with us. Just when we were praying, this sister started doing the thing again. Because he was a matured Christian, by discernment of spirit, he knew that this was not from God. As the sister started prophesying, the brother just said, you this foul spirit, I command you, get out! Then the sister just kept quiet. He just screamed and got quiet. And that was it. So all this time, all the prophecies were receiving was from, was from, was from some demonic spirit. And because we were not, oh, I'm telling you. Now, did you realize that when we were having the concert recently, one gentleman came to stand here during one of the performances and was dancing like this. Was dancing like this. It was a demon. It was, the person saw a demon, oh. But the dancing he was dancing was a demonic influence dance. And, and I was telling, uh, when we went to, I was telling my daughter, that, Mommy, you see, the difference between our generation and your generation is that when, when, when we, are, we are dancing before God, we are conscious that we are in the presence of God. For your generation, you are not conscious that you are in the presence of God. For your generation, it's who dances the best, who knows how to move, what song is nice. When they sing your favorite song, hey, then you, you come around, you come and dance. Are, are you here with me? Do you understand? So, there are people with familiar spirits around us. I have said that there are about four or five voices that when you are making a decision, they speak to you. The voice of God. Your human, the voice of your human spirit. Okay? And then the voice of an evil spirit. And the voice of another person's human spirit. Okay? So when you are going to make a decision as to who to marry, your human spirit will always speak selfishly for you. Oh, she's nine, she's like this, you know. Unless you have trained your human spirit to be connected to the Holy Spirit. But if you are a carnal Christian, your human spirit will give you carnal ideas. If the next person you are consulting or talking to is also carnal, the person will be advising you from the human spirit. But see, as I'm preaching now, I'm speaking from the spirit of God to you. And some people can be possessed by evil spirits you don't know. David was just playing a harp for King Saul. King Saul was enjoying it. Suddenly an evil spirit came upon him. He took a javelin to kill him. So you can have an evil spirit without becoming a witch. But somebody gets angry and just stab another person and then suddenly he begins to cry. I don't know what came upon me. There was a sudden impartation of an evil spirit. That, that, that is why you always have to be spiritual. Because anything can happen. Anything can happen. People who commit suicide, eh? who commit suicide, who commit suicide, when you meet them one day, <laughs> I don't know where you will meet them. <laughs> I don't know where you will meet them. But you see, all those who tried to commit suicide and then did not work, eh? when you meet them, they will tell you, I don't know what came upon me. I don't know what came upon me. Because an evil spirit can just come upon you and you will do something very evil and you will regret the rest of your life. So you have to be very careful. You have to have the spirit of discernment to know that this thing happening is from the Lord. 
You have to have the spirit of discernment to know that where I chop, the chop bar where I eat, where I eat, the food is not contaminated or is not sacrificed to idols. Because these people who sell, who sell around, because there is competition, they go to get gods to be able to sell. Since you started eating in that chop bar, you see, you can't pray again. You can't fast again. Fast, fasting, then you are feeling hungry. Then you are feeling that food. Then the food is drawing you. Then the food is drawing you. The food is drawing you. And you are so blind, you can't even see it. Oh, I'm telling you. In the night, when you are sleeping in the bed, eh, you are thinking, Charlie, tomorrow, eh, huh, I will go there, I will go there. The way I will eat it, eh, the way I will eat it. You need to have the cement of spirit. And unfortunately, there are a lot of very blind believers. They don't see any of these things. They don't see. They, they can't see. They can't discern it. Mm-hmm. The first restaurant I ate in London, 1996, December, I ate in a restaurant in London. But it was a senior pastor that took me there. But when I entered the restaurant, I said, there's a spirit here. There is a demonic spirit here. And this senior pastor was telling me, this is why I eat. Oh. This is why I eat. This is why I eat. His church has collapsed. Around that time, he was one of the most outstanding men of God. His church has collapsed. Mommy and I preached in the church. Also in London. After we preached, guess where the service closed? They have organized food for us. And the pastor and his friends came to join us. And the conversation and the things... They were all pastors, so I just said in my spirit, I'm in the wrong company. Hey, I'm in the wrong company. Lord, save me. From there, so I'll drink water. Oh, I'll drink this. I stopped the food. I'll drink that. Then just before we left, one of the men of God said, oh, me, I'm a big man here. Do you know that in this community, if Ghanaians die here, it is me the police will call. Without me, your, your, your family cannot even come for the body. He showed me pictures of him leading um, a funeral pos- 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 procession. He's a funeral contractor. <laughs> and that's why he does so. When we're in the Ghanaian community there, if you don't go to church and you die, you see they call to come and bury you. And he's making money from it. And he calls himself a pastor. So you, you have to watch it. You have to have a discernment of spirit. That's one of the ways we see. Another way we see is through the word. Through the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of his word giveth light. And giveth understanding to the simple. It's called illumination. You are just studying God's word and suddenly there is a thought. Suddenly something happens. As if your eye has just opened. See, your eyes are just open. See, wow, I didn't know this. And then you implement it. And then there you are. See, listen. You can be envious of men of God, but the principles we apply are the things we teach you. If you don't practice it, we will keep on rising. We will keep on rising and we will keep on rising. And we'll keep on rising. I heard one president said, why is everything not working? Only the churches. Everything in this country is dead. Only the churches are alive. Why? 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 
Why? They can't believe. They can't believe our organization and the way we do our things. In one meeting, they said, oh, the reason why we are not closing down the churches is because there is no evidence that coronavirus, people get it in church. And they say, you know why? It's because you people are organized. The way you people are organized and the way you structure your things, that was why they, they opened the church and closed everything down. Because they know that people have come and say, oh, I went to a disco or I went to a party. But scarcely somebody come and say, I went to a church and got it. And because, you see, you are led by spiritual men who see in the spirit. If you are blind in the spirit, you can't do what we do. If you are blind in the spirit, you cannot do what you do. That's, that's why sometimes eh, it is very difficult. You see, when, when a man of God takes you as a leader of a church and you are close to the man of God, sometimes it is even in your interest for the man of God not to call you into a meeting. Because sometimes what he's seeing, like look at Moses and what God showed Moses to build. It would take spiritual people to accept it. Noah is uh, there, sir. God said that there's going to be rain. So build an ark. I mean, the people didn't believe it. The people didn't believe it. How, how, many, how many people believe what men of God we say? We just say we are going to do this. And some people would doubt. Some people would say we are being too known. And the time they realize, we have done it. And then when we do it, they go, how, how did it happen? And then suddenly, they want to be part of the success. We were there when you were doing it. We were there when it started. And then they are drawing closer. But you see, you can also walk in that level. You can walk in that level of anointing. You can walk in that level of anointing. And I'm showing you here. Study the word. Commit yourself to the word. And study the word. God will speak to you through the word. God will give you directions through the word. Are you here? Now, God also speaks through visions. Says, if a prophet is amongst you, I reveal myself to him through dreams and visions. So God can show you a vision. God can show you a vision. But you have to be spiritual. I've heard people that God showed them in a vision who they were going to marry, where the person was, and they walked to that place, and the, the lady was standing there. Said, lady, I saw you in a vision whilst I was on fasting and prayer. And the Lord said, I should come to this station. There is a lady waiting for Trotro. Tell the lady that says the Lord, I will marry you. And it will work. And it worked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God shows things, so. God shows things. So you, but, but all these things I'm sharing with you, eh? I'm talking about, uh, those of you who came late, I'm talking about spiritual blindness. And I'm talking about how to overcome spiritual blindness. How to see the things God is doing and how to avoid the traps Satan is setting for you. And these are the six ways the New Testament Christian must see. Are you here with me? Do you understand? But all these things I'm, I'm sharing with you is calling you into higher level of spirituality. Because you can't, you can't be seeing these things at the lower level of, of spirituality. You have to pray. You have to fast. You have to be waiting upon the Lord. And when you, are, you see this, when I come to talk to you about spiritual lameness, I'll talk to you about seven areas God wants you to walk. 
If you are not working in those areas, you are lame. You are crippled. You can't progress. You can't move anywhere. You can't move anywhere. And these things, you need to be highly spiritual. The next one is that is through dreams. A mommy is a dreamer. When she sees it, it happens. I see visions. But I see open visions. I see open visions. My spirit, my spirit is so built up, so grown up, so equipped that when I'm, I'm working with my eyes open, God will still be communicating with my spirit and I'll be seeing things. And then divine direction. One way in which you see is also through what we call divine direction by a prophet, an angel, or through a trance. God can send a prophet to you and tell you, that says the Lord, do this. But if a prophet tells you one, two, three, and it's not coming, run away from that prophet. One of the key things to know, identify a false prophet, the Bible is clear and they say, by their fruits you will know them, their character. If you see somebody who says he's a prophet, he's sleeping with the girls, he's sleeping with the girls, um, he has bad character. That is a false prophet. You don't have to wait for his prophecy to fail. He's a straight false prophet. And you know, and there are people who know that this man of God is sleeping with women and he has to follow them. Because they want a Christian life by prosy. Live my Christian life for me. See for me. Hear for me. That is lazy Christianity. God can send an angel to give you, to show you something. Like in Hagar's case, was an angel that went to show. God sent an angel to save me one day. I've just come from abroad. I come with this old car. I didn't have money. And the car was an old car. It was giving me trouble. And petrol ran out, so I went to buy one gallon. And most of the times. I know that when you pour the gallon inside it, you open the carburetor and then you pour a little of the petrol in your mouth and then you put it in the carburetor. You have seen some before? Some before? You be tired, man, papa. The hustle. Hustle not good, though. <laughs> we, we hustle. So I was alone somewhere in a dark alley. And then I did that and I poured it inside. And I went to sit inside my car. Started the car and the fire. Hey! No fire extinguisher. Nothing. Means I was afraid of the fire. I couldn't even go and say fo fo. Because there's petrol in my mouth. If I go and say fo, <laughs> the fire will come into my mouth. Suddenly a man just came, dressed as a mechanic. What is wrong with it? And then you put the thing off. Then you did something, this something. Sit in the car, start. I started the car, started boom, 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 boom. When the car started, of course, I left the engine on just to get out to come and say thank you. I came and the guy was gone. And I, I mean, the place was there. I could, where is he? Where is the guy? Where is the guy? An angel of the Lord was gone. The Lord was gone. But you see, you need to build a level of spiritual intent. Now, let me tell you this: the Christian life is not a normal life. It's not a regular life. It's not a life of. Um, um, 
I get up, I come to church, I go home, I come. That is religion. That is religion. I have to come to church and hear God's word. It must be a daily encounter with God. You must have a, something that consistently people are all. There must be some kind of awesomeness about you. This week we have had a number of people coming from since last week or last two weeks. Series of people coming from accreditation board to Accra Business School. The awesomeness. When they enter the wow, you are doing well. You are doing, doing better than this. You are doing better than this. You are doing better than this. You see that there is some supernatural something at work. Me myself, it is it is something awesome to me. When I'm walking through the facility, I am like, how did I get here? Are you here? If your life is normal, regular, your unbelieving brothers don't see anything different about your life. Ah, I know pastors who wives don't respect them because they are too regular, they are too normal. You are, you are like the normal person I see everywhere. I don't see that supernaturalness, that awesomeness around you. But if you are a man of God, and your wife, your siblings, your, your family members see that, no, there is something unique about you. There is something we cannot explain. There must be something somebody cannot explain for you to be able to even share the gospel. There must be one single thing somebody cannot explain about your life. If your life is explainable, you haven't yet reached where I'm teaching. You need to wake up. You need to wake up. So let me share the second one that we, we are off from here. Goodness. So two, spiritual deafness. Spiritual deafness. Why is it important for Christians to hear from God? To hear the voice of God? Because the voice of God allows you to walk in the will of God. It allows you to walk in the will of God. And you must learn how to hear from God. If you are deaf. Now listen, if you listen to people. And you make more decisions based on people's advice. You are spiritually deaf. Take it from me. Take it from me. You are spiritually deaf. <laughs> if I listened to you, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. Revelation 2 verse 29. Whoever has ears... Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, so there are some things that the Spirit says. And in the Bible says, whoever has ears, he knows that <laughs> everybody has ears. But he's talking about another ear that can hear the Spirit of God. That this one, the Spirit of God is talking to me. Ah. I used to develop courses. Eh? Courses. Charles, are you here? Yeah, Charles is here. I used to develop courses just after prayer. I haven't done human resource before. I'll just sit down and develop the course, write everything, and I'll call them to take it to graphic. And human resource practitioners will attend the conference and say, when we saw the, the, the content, we felt it was people with human resource who are heads of human resource will come. And I will employ people to come and teach. And they themselves will say, the way you have arranged the program, where did you study your human rights? I said, I haven't. So where did you get this from? I said, the Lord. The day I'll try to copy somebody's uh, content to advertise, doesn't work. You have worked with me before. You know. You have worked with me before. He knows. I will hear from God. 
I'll put a program out there, and then people will call. They will have the list. They will bring it to the altar in the other church. They will pray. That's how if you come to my office, it was like a church. Just devotion. Just devotion. So I'm struggling to get everybody to do devotion in my office. They pray that they have come to office. Hey! Devotion. Sometimes the devotion, you just leave it for it to flow. It just keeps going. In the office, oh. I'm telling you, and you hear from God. God will give you concepts. God will give you ideas. God will tell you what to do with your life and with your business and with your marriage. And God will tell you that stubborn child what to do for that child to change. God will tell. I'm telling you, God will speak to you, and you will hear God directly. So let me show you ways that God talks to you. Let me show you. Number one, the word. The word. The word. The word first. Now, do you know God doesn't speak to people who don't have the word in them? Because, because whatever he's saying is only to activate something that is already inside you from his word. God cannot speak outside his word. He must only speak within his word. He cannot speak outside his word. You see all these people who say they have seen angels and they have names of angels. If the names of angels are not in the Bible... There are about only four angels whose names are mentioned, or three. Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, and who again? I think these three, eh? Any other person who tells you, I saw an angel, his name is this, this is lying. Anybody who tells you something that you can't trace from the Bible is lying. So God himself will never tell you something that is not in the Bible. God himself will not. He has exalted his word above his name. He will, not, he will never say something to you that is taught in the Bible. So, the first way in which you can get God to speak to you is through his word. Through his word. As I'm preaching now, he's speaking to some people. He's telling some people, start a prayer life so that, you know, he's telling some people, wake up midnight and pray so that I can speak to you. So that I can open your eyes. You are too blind. He's telling some people, you are too blind. Look at the errors you are making in your life. Errors, you, you leave this job to go and start this business. Error. You do this one, you go and do this. Error. You go and call to this girl. Error. Call this man. Error. Your life has been on error, error, error. It's now on automated error. <laughs> well, you can see. You can see. You can see anything in the realms of the spirit. You can see. Too many errors. So the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Every Christian that is word dependent, any Christian that goes to church where they preach the word, the word, the word, the word, you will see progress. The person can sit down and say, I am not where I want to be because most of the times where we want to be to sometimes is driven by greed. So we never get to where we want to be. But you will see that you have really moved forward. You have progressed. You have progressed and you have progressed because the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. There is nothing you cannot do studying God's word. God will speak to you through his word. Not, not, not you just feeling guilty that you haven't read the Bible. So you go and lie down and say, okay, before I go and watch some things on Facebook, let me pacify my guilt by reading some few scriptures. 
and then you read, 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 and then after 10 minutes, now you search to Facebook for two hours. No, 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 no. We're talking about where you have time, quiet time, quiet time. You see, you know this is a time I study and pray, and nobody disturbs me. So you know you must go to bed early. You must stop watching that midnight movies and all those things and go to bed early so that by 4 a.m. you can wake up. If we sleep at 10, by 4 you wake up. If we sleep at 10 and around 4 a.m. you are still sleeping, you are... I don't know, I don't know how to describe you. But by 4 you wake up. And that 4, even if you want to beat traffic, you can have 30 to 45 minutes of quiet time with the Lord. Pray and have a systematic Bible study. Systematic Bible study. Systematic Bible study. Go and take all the notes you have made that I have preached and read them and refer it to the Bible and compare and contrast. I want to study on righteousness. Now you can do all those things on, by the power of technology. <laughs> by the power of technology you can do it and this is where you see God is speaking to you see his word moves and enters into you At last time Bishop Doug was saying when he started writing he was listening to was listening to Kenneth Higgins preaching and he fell asleep and he saw something move from the tape and entered into him and Kenneth Higgins used to write a lot that's why he started writing so if a man's preaching, something can leave it and enter into you, how much more God's word? When you study his word, you study his word, you study his word, something will enter you. The entrance of his word. So there's an entrance. The word, it enters. The entrance of the word given light and given understanding to the simple. The word, you come to church like this, come with something and take notes. And take notes. And sit up like you are in, a, in, a, in, a, in church. You know how you can see lazy people? It's when they want to sleep in a chair. They want to see any lazy. If are, okay, the ladies here, let me show you something. If you're going to marry a man who sits down like this, run away. When they sit down, it's like this. How are you? Even in the chair, he wants to sleep. He wants to lie down. I'm telling you, in the chair, he wants to lie down. <laughs> oh, yes, true. In my office, like this, I observe all those things. I keep in my mind away. Look at the Are you here? Now, the next one is what we call the still small, the still small voice. You see, the voice of God is not controlling all. The voice of God is not controlling. You see, in the midst of many voices, where everybody is talking, always be quiet. You will see this gentle voice. You will hear this gentle voice in your spirit. Can, can I get one pastor to read this? It's 1 Kings 19.12. 1 Kings 19.12. One pastor should please read it. Loud and clear. Or anybody who's trying. Can, can we get additional microphone? Quick, quick. Quarry says, you have a microphone. You can also read from there. Choir restes. From the New King James Version. From the New King James. Okay, give us, give us the microphone. Pastor, have you found it? 
Yeah. Anybody with a new King James Version? Yeah, okay. Bring it here. Bring the microphone here. First Kings 19.12. Okay. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So you see, in the midst of earthquakes, in the midst of fire, the voice was still very small. I'm saying that, listen, the true voice eh, of God is not compressing, it's not demanding, it's not distant. When you are going through a lot of things, that's what the Bible says, be still and know that I'm the Lord. Just keep quiet, just be still. Just be still. Just be still and know that he is the Lord. I have some two more teas at home. You don't know when I'll ask them to come to me. So they are inside all the time. So once I open the door, they become very still and wait. When I say, come, they run. When I say, let's go, they take a lead. Then when we enter the hall, they stop. Then they become still, waiting for the next instruction. I said, let's go up. Then they take their lead to my bedroom. They just, you know, they know how to be still and hear the voice before they move. They know how to be still. They just be lying down looking at me, wiggling their tail, waiting for that. Are you here? I said, in the midst of chaos, there will always be that still small voice that something. It comes through your conscience. It comes through your intuition. You will hear it. There's also what I call the voice behind you. The voice behind you. The voice behind you. And this, you see, it takes spirit. To be spiritual to understand. The voice behind you. Look, look at this. Isaiah 30 verse 21. No, there are people on Facebook listening, so you have to. The microphone must be on. Okay. Isaiah here. chapter thirty, verse twenty-one. It's okay. It's okay. Here. Okay. Your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, "This is the way. Walk in it." Whenever you turn to the right hand, or wherever you turn to the left, so in your journey in life, in your journey in life, when you come to that crossroad, there will always be a voice behind you. That is the voice of God telling you where to go, where to go. And if you have trained yourself to listen to God, there will always be a voice ordering your steps, helping you to make that journey gradually, helping you to make that journey gradually. My friends, you are struggling in life when there is a simple solution to your problem. You will hear it. All these things I'm trying to conclude that when you become spiritual, you become spiritual, you see and you hear. One way in which you also hear is by prayer. Because prayer is a communication between God and yourself. God is a talker to you, but if you don't talk to him, he won't talk to you. That's the way he is. He likes talking, but you must start the conversation. Once you start praying, and you know how to pray and hear God whilst you are praying, he will speak. Especially when you go to God with your mind not already made up. 
Father, I need this job, pal. I'm going for the interview. I need the job. Father, you yourself, you know I need the job. If I don't get this job, how will I live? Immediately, you keep God out. Because you haven't gotten the job, you are still living. God has been taking care of you. So you pray a prayer and say, Father, if it's your will, let it happen. I want to submit to your will. I want to submit to your ways. When you pray those prayers, God, God talks back. Are you here? God talks back. And then godly counsel. Godly counsel. Be careful who gives you advice. When you speak to godly people, when you speak to godly people, God speaks through them to you. When you speak to ungodly people, when you speak to ungodly people, Satan will speak through them to you. There used to be a woman in this church, eh? She always had the young girls around her. Because you know what she used to tell them? When I preach about holiness, she would tell them that, Charlie, the men, if you don't try them and you marry them, that's why we're in the wooden structure. If you marry them, you see that their thing is not working. So when you are going out with them, try it and see that it's working before you marry them. So the girls who were sinners, who loved to sin, were always around her. They were always around her. Hey, hey. Oh, they were always around her. But you see, if you truly mean to serve the Lord and you are looking for advice, eh, you will go to where you know God will speak. The only thing is that you know that the voice of God will require certain obedience from you. And if you don't want it, you will go to where you know human spirits will speak or an evil spirit will speak. That will make it easier. And then finally, signs of circumstances. Years ago, mommy wanted to buy a land. In her hometown. There was a prophetic utterance that she, she shouldn't buy it. Eventually, pressure and other things. She said she was going to buy it. It's okay, no problems. Then as they, they were going, they were going with my car that uses um, diesel, eh? Or petrol. Diesel. It was the Canada and was what petrol, eh? Was petrol. The candle and my late brother in law. And they were the people who have used the car the most. And they were going. Then on the way, they had to fill the tank and they bought diesel inside it. So when they tried to move again, the car didn't go. I said, This is a sign of circumstance. You see, it's a sign that God is telling you that what you heard by prophecy. It's an agreement of this. So don't do it. Don't buy the land. Don't go there. For when we have bought the land, I said, that's the land. Let the land be there. Don't go on the land again. God has spoken with you. Don't build on the land. So that God will show you a lot of things. God will show you a lot of things. You're caught in with a guy. God will just let you go there and go and see <laughs> the guy with the girl. The guy with the girl. God is telling you that don't marry him. You will still ignore it and you and all the time, he himself is surprised that it is only when a girl comes here that you come here. What happens? How does that happen? Is it coincidence? Is God ordering yourself to see? There are things that God would just... If I, I'm negotiating to buy a property or something, 
and I see the negotiating is becoming very difficult, confusing, and then something will just happen, and then the money I'm going to use to buy it, something will just happen, and then the money will reduce, or the person selling it will just increase it suddenly, and then there's this, this, this. I say, hey, this thing, God is talking to me. Let me just hold on. Let me just withdraw. Let me just be. And then I'll let it go. Are you, are you here with me? So God uses what we call signs of circumstances to also speak to us. And we need to take these things seriously. It will help you build your Christian life. I hope I've been able to open your eyes and your ears. God bless you. The Lord bless you and lift you. The eyes of the Lord look upon you and cause you to excel. I pray that let the scales on your eyes fall. And let your spiritual eyes be opened. May you see all the things that God has in store for you. And may you also see all the traps that Satan has set for you. I also pray that may your ears be opened. May you hear the voice of God. May God speak to you. And may you hear his voice. And may you never go outside the will of God. But may you always walk in the perfect will of God. You are blessed and highly favored. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And give you peace. Surely.